We were all challenged again uh, last year to create equity and diversity in our community. We really decided to look within our interior design community and ask, what can we do? So the idea of trying to increase diversity in the interior design profession really sparked our interest. And we further defined it as in terms of education and really wanting to focus on educating high school students. Greetings and welcome to the Wonder Podcast. This is your host, CCB, and today's guest is one of our 2020 Wonder Grant award-winning teams. But before I introduce our guest, I want to explain a little bit about the Wonder Grant itself. At One Workplace, we believe that design transforms environments in ways that improve the human experience. And the Wonder Grant supports exploration and research that impacts environments where work, innovation, healing, and learning take place. We have given out nine Wonder Grants over the past two years. And today's guest, Cindy Molay, is from API. Welcome, Cindy. And I'd love you to introduce yourself. Hi, CCB. Thank you so much for having me today. And uh, yes, API is a interior design firm. We've been in the Bay Area for over 27 years doing commercial interior design. And um, we're also a woman-owned business, which we are quite proud of. Well, we enjoy all the work that we get to do with y'all. And it was interesting to note that um, the Wonder Grant started in 2019 and we awarded three Wonder Grants. AP and I had submitted a, an application in 2019 and unfortunately did not was not awarded a grant, but your grant submission for 2020 was pretty spectacular and the judges all felt very, very strongly about it. So I'm also gonna let you explain your topic, but first I wanna say, why did you choose your research topic focus? What made you, what, what drew you to that particular topic? Well, the particular topic, and thank you for pointing out that we didn't get the grant in 2019, and that made us pursue it even more in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, so we had to come up with a really great idea and, um, it really was uh, targeted with what our nation was going through at the time. You know, we were all challenged again uh, last year to create equity and diversity in our community. And so we really decided to look within our interior design community and ask, what can we do? Um, and so the idea of trying to increase diversity in the interior design profession um, really sparked our interest. And we further defined it as um, in terms of education and really wanting to focus on educating high school students. So we then decided to create um, what we call the ID for me. It's an after-school uh, program for high school students 
and is really targeted on helping them get exposure to what interior design could be and how it might be a career for them in the future. Uh, so we focused on a Title I school, which is comprised mostly of students that are of low income, disadvantaged, and uh, students of color. And so we searched for a high school that could uh, embrace or would embrace our after-school program and uh, introducing interior design to them. So reading through your research, and I will let our audience know that on the uh, One Workplace website under the Wonder Grant, each one of the firms has their abstract, a single page abstract, but as well as their, their more full research package. So you can go through and learn more about this particular program. In your research, I saw that um, there was some documentation there saying from the Bureau of Labor Statistics saying that 79% of the interior design community is white, which pretty much screams. It also said 84% were women, which <laughs> is another interesting statistic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but so I, and so it, first it makes me wonder, and I know that I've been to visit your firm, um, how does your demographic break down within API? Yeah, so we recently um, did some studies on that, and we probably still fall into the category of uh, well, probably 78% of women in our organization, but we actually do have uh, quite a few people of color, a lot of Asian Pacific and um and definitely uh, various different age groups as well. So, you know, I think we have all tried uh, very hard to actually increase the diversity in our own organization. Uh, but the reality is people aren't getting educated in interior design um, with in communities of color. So it's like you have to reach out to them. You have to show them that it's an opportunity, that a creative field can be successful and, you know, support uh, and inspire. And so, you know, I think that's what we really wanted to do was to try to uh, reach out and let them know this is an opportunity. Go for it. Mm -hmm. so, so walk us through... You've, you've been talking about what you hope to accomplish with the project in exposing young folks, young students who still have the opportunity to make some choices about what direction they want to take from a career path, expose them to the interior design profession and some of the, uh, the opportunities that are, that are in, um, inherent in our profession. Um, when you chose the school, tell us how you got to the school yeah, so um, finding the school was obviously critical in the success of the program. And we, we wanted to first look in our own backyard. So our firm is located in Mountain View. And so we looked nearby and uh, East Palo Alto has a school called East Palo Alto Academy 
that we thought would be a good um, school for us to target. We also looked in the Newark area because our really our focus was a Title I uh, types high school. And so we reached out to uh, East Palo Alto Academy just because they were first on the list and discovered a principal that was just so excited about this opportunity that quite frankly, we didn't need to look any further. Um, her name is Amika and she is passionate about design and she's also quite passionate about her students and really wanting to give them every possible opportunity that she can as a principal. And she was instrumental in getting us in front of teachers and students and a liaison with us uh, throughout the whole process. And she participated in several of the classes as well. And quite frankly, made uh, our community outreach story very easy. Mm-hmm. So, so you identify a school, you identify the, the process that you like to, uh, to roll out, but how did you design the actual curriculum? That was a challenge. <laughs> we had no idea <laughs> that, you know, you have this idea of, okay, we're going to educate and we're going to reach out to high school students. And then you thought, oh my goodness, we have to create an, a curriculum and we're not teachers. We're not educators. We are interior designers. Um, we're going to have to remember, you know, remember back to when we were in college and try to figure out how to create a curriculum for high school to then do it in eight classes, each class being approximately an hour and a half each. And and then really accomplish the most important goal, which was to really just have the students get excited and delight them in a creative field. So you go through all of this effort to create this curriculum that talks about design principles and balance and you know furniture and color theory and and in the end you realize that you really just need to get them excited about uh, creating something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a fun process and quite challenging, I would say. Um, we did do one thing throughout the curriculum. We realized when we did our first introduction that some of the students had these amazing um, ideas of what interior design was. They actually knew that color impacted how they would feel. They knew that environment played a role. And so in our first introduction, we were incredibly inspired by them and decided to introduce this experience question in every class. And it gave them each an opportunity to 
share with the rest of the students and us, what did get them happy about a place or excited or energized um, so that they were really participating in the process of the class and not just listening to us speak. Mm -hmm. So uh, that whole nature of the experience and the, uh, I'm going to say the learning experience, but also that engagement had a little snafu last year um, by virtue of our, oh, I don't know, global pandemic, which obviously <laughs> kept us all away from one another. So what did that, what, how did that impact the, the, the class, but also the, the, your feeling about and their feeling? Yeah, we uh, learned a lot about how to do things virtually. When we had started this program, we were hopeful that we would actually be able to do it in person. We also had no idea the complexities that were in front of us about not only doing a virtual class, but doing it in a Title I school environment. There are a lot of regulations and processes that one needs to adhere to when communicating with high school students. So it's an age and um, a government funded environment. And so there were background checks and approval processes. And we also had to be very sensitive to the students' environments. So virtual also meant that we were not able to request that they turn on their video. So every student participated in every class without their video on. And at first, it was unfortunate, <laughs> I suppose, but it then turned into a comfortable place for them to share. They were able to use the chat boxes to communicate, and they certainly were available via audio, and we were very encouraged that they actually did participate in every class and share their thoughts and ideas and ask questions. Um, so it turned out to be quite inspiring. And I will say everyone wanted to do it in person. And if we do it again, hopefully that will happen. Um, but it was good to be able to connect with them in a very safe and comfortable way as well. Mm -hmm. um, you, so your, your project report obviously uh, outlines the entire uh, curriculum and, and then there are the results that, that you witnessed and also the student reported results, if you will, through their, through their, their final projects. And you did a number of surveys. What was the most, uh, what was, was there anything that was completely surprising to you? Well, I think I touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but one of the things that was completely surprising was their um, awareness of 
how environment affects and plays a role. And, um, and they would always ask questions about how the environment and or color could support mental health, which um, was quite touching to me that, you know, a 16 year old could communicate that and, and want to learn about it. Um, we also had, we had a few students that were very excited about pursuing landscape architecture when they got into um, college. And through the project, the, there was one student who um, is absolutely going to college, which is fantastic, and had put down his major as landscape architect, and he has now changed it to be an interior design um, major. And we were quite honored by that. That, that certainly has to make you, yeah, feel that see, see an actual um, uh, response, an actual immediate response to. to an the, immediate uh, response, yes. I mean, I, you know, we went into this thinking that we were going to inspire them. And I think what ended up happening is they actually inspired us. It's hopeful to, to see young people so excited about a creative field and, um, and respond in such a, quite frankly, a very short period of time and right. have these uh, very positive results. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask a question about why did you choose their final project was to design a restaurant? Why did you, why did you choose restaurant as the space? Um, mostly because I don't think any of us could participate in going to a restaurant at the moment. So we were all just like, Oh, please. What, what, what might this ideal restaurant look like for us? <laughs> um well, we wanted it to be something that they could relate to. So everyone's been in a coffee shop or a sandwich shop or um, something. And, and so it was a, a type of project that they could relate to. We knew that giving them a, uh, a technology office uh, option was probably not a good idea. Um, and, and we wanted to have it be also something they could dream about a little bit too. You know, not, you know, not a library within their school that they, you know, see on a daily basis, but something that could uh, allow them to dream a little bit. So yes, we uh, gave them a template for a, uh, a small restaurant. It was meant to be something more like a coffee shop or a sandwich shop, um, Although one of the students did choose to do a full down sit sit down uh, restaurant design, and uh, which you're going to have to definitely check out, she did an amazing job on hers. They all did actually. Um, so yeah, we gave them a template and uh, a space, and then we actually took separate time with each of them to go through what their vision was. They needed to 
find inspiration either online or in magazines of design and color and texture of what they wanted their space to, to be and to feel like. And, and then we also gave them a series of imagery for materials and furniture and lighting and allowed them to kind of pick and choose what they wanted for their space. And, and then we would sit down separately with each one of them and go through that and kind of help them define that a little bit. Because remember, they've only had five classes <laughs> in interior design and now they are asked to design a restaurant, quite a, uh, quite a large feat, but they were up to it for sure. They, they actually are fantastic um, projects and I would, yes, highly encourage folks to log in and check those things out. And you also might, um, I, well, you can't do any recruiting from this group of students at this moment in time, but, but to see the, the, um, the creativity and the, um, yeah, and the unique approach that each one of them took is, is pretty exciting, especially when you consider, you know, they've had X number of hours of time thinking about interior design. Um, what did you, uh, what did your firm hope to accomplish, um, hope to accomplish? You had an outcome that you, that you were kind of shooting for. And then what do you think you're going to do with the results that you have, um, that you have recognized? Well, what we wanted to accomplish was um, community outreach. And we absolutely did that. We also wanted to inspire and we were uh, successful with that. The, the other pieces that are kind of in progress is um, one that we wanna do a summer internship. So we have accepted applications from all of the students that participated in the program. And uh, it looks like we'll be able to do a, a limited uh, summer internship uh, this year. And actually are going to reach out to all the students. Some of them were uh, juniors. And so they'll be in high school for another year and see if they wanna participate in another program as well as maybe summer internship next year. Um, we're going to keep in touch with all of them because they were quite inspiring. But the most important piece that I really want to encourage everyone in the interior design community to reach out is the curriculum that we developed. It's available for everyone. And we really would encourage people to um, just ask for it. I'll walk you through it. I'll share everything that we did and really hope that other interior design firms in other communities, um, dare I say even beyond the Bay Area, um, reach out and, uh, and try to make this happen in your own community. You did some... Uh, you also did some interesting guest speakers to that. And I know part of that was part of that was topic related. Part of that was keeping the students engaged and introducing, you know, yet another perspective. Um, how did you 
approach them, you know, determine who they might be. And, and I'm asking the question because if we're encouraging other design firms to think about this, there's going to be the who's in your community that might participate in this way. The other thing that I'm going to ask is uh, ultimately, how many hours did you think the whole thing ticks if people were going to put toward, you know, time towards that? But first off, what about the speakers? So we did ask um, Laura Guido Clark to uh, to speak. We had we had wanted several um, speakers to actually participate in the curriculum, but due to overall timing and virtual, I think it made it harder to do that. But we did reach out to Laura Guido Clark. We know that uh, she is a a philanthropist at heart and would have a hard time saying no to our request. So that was uh, that was key in terms of who we were going to reach out to. And we also knew that she stared a story that really spoke to what we were trying to do and how color can impact environment and really make also an impact on schools because she has done that quite a bit in her career. So she was a natural and she said yes. So we didn't need to reach out too much further. Um, we were hoping to get some other, um, quite frankly, uh, interior design community people of color and, um, and other ethnic backgrounds to participate. We think it's important for the students to see that they can emulate and be an interior designer if they see someone that looks like them. And uh, so that is also um, an important note to make. Okay, the, the nuts and bolts. How many hours of time did it take you all? <laughs> I'm afraid to look. <laughs> I'm very afraid to look. <laughs> Um, we are grateful for the grant money, I can tell you that much, um, and it helped significantly. Um, but I would, you know, I actually never did the math. It was all done for the love of what we do. And I, I think we would all agree that we would do it again um, and that the next time would be easier because a lot of our uh, homework is done. So for those of you out there who want to uh, reach out, uh, we've done all the background for you. It's gonna be super right. simple. And now. if you want, if someone wanted to add one or two different modules, they could, you know, they could switch and change, but you've already done so much of the work and we're, we're delighted that you are as, um, as you know, generous in your sharing as, as you can be, because there's so much opportunity as we all recognize, there's so much opportunity to make shifts in the way that we work together. The, the one last thing that, um, that I would love you to speak about was that um, when you talked about in the very beginning of putting this all together, understanding that um, the, the creativity that comes from diverse perspectives the enhanced, and that was something that was very clear in your um, in your kind of project statement, 
but recognizing that, how much can we? So if you just spend a little bit of time on that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we... I think we all know inherently that we are all individually better and we are definitely better as a group when we embrace all aspects of various perspectives in life and certainly how we, where we live, um, how we live and what our environment is definitely impacts our opinions. And, you know, we are creating spaces for our communities to live and thrive in. And what better way to create a growing and prosperous community than to have it be comprised of various different perspectives. And it certainly, um, you know, I, I knew it, but when you see it actually happen in these students' uh, minds and in their thoughts that their perspective is um, refreshing as well. And it makes us all take note and remember that what's important is uh, creating an environment we can all be proud of and all live, hopefully, harmoniously in. All right, Cindy Malay, I wanna say thank you so much for spending time representing your team, representing HSI and uh, the Wonder Grant 2020. Excellent job, thank you.